welcome talk with Chris, aka the Japanese Cowboy. Welcome to episode number 13. We're always excited to have new special guests here. This uh, podcast is designed kind of solely around real estate. Obviously, most of the colleagues and people within our industry are around the real estate world. So we kind of cater to that. But more importantly, we like to kind of cater to also people that are genuinely entrepreneurial minded, uh, forward thinkers, big thinkers. Um, and hopefully this podcast um, we'll create some uh, ideas, nuggets, and challenges that we can put forward to everybody that are facing different circumstances in their business today. We are, again, showcasing a lot of our top talent here at Team Freedom, our EXP. Um, we're super excited to have our special guest, Doug Seeley, who is from the greater metro metropolitan area of Michigan, Birmingham, to be specific. Doug, I've known Doug here for probably a few years now that he joined the EXP. So um, welcome to the team. First off, we're humbled and excited to have you part of our group, our family, I call it, um, Team Freedom. And uh, welcome to the call today, Doug. Man, I appreciate it. I appreciate the opportunity, and and the no need to be humble, man. It's it's uh, it's exciting, and uh, I'm just just I'm just like cog in the wheel, right? Just just here to just here to play my role. No, I, I you. Know, it's interesting people say that a lot because I think uniquely traditionally we've kind of wired ourselves in this industry as we thought you know, and real estate has been around for a hundred years, and most of us have just been a cog in a wheel. But I think we'll get deeper into this in the weeds later on in this conversation because we always kind of bring up EXP, but. You know, I think EXP has kind of changed the dynamic of that, us being just a cog or a, a spoke in the wheel. I, I feel like all of us are the wheel. And the reality is it's just a different dynamic here. But we'll get into that deeper. Um, first off, Doug, kind of if you could give us a little intro yourself, maybe kind of tell us a little bit about you and, and uh, a little bit about where you've got to where you're at today. Yeah, man. So, so how far back do we go with this, right? Do we, it's our, our Let's current. see. Uh, second grade, you jumped <laughs> over a brook. No, <laughs> no I mean, you know, I mean, kind of whatever, you know, your your career within the real estate industry, maybe the hub, um, maybe kind of a little bit prior to that to kind of lead you up, wherever works for you, you know, you can go yeah, around man. with it. So, uh, right. So I grew up, grew up in Shelby, um, you know, good spot, good town, nice in the suburbs of, you know, north of, north of Detroit. Uh, wasn't a huge... Uh, Huge, huge, huge person that I believed I had to do college, right? So we started doing some college, started doing uh, automotive design, and ended up getting a cool position in corporate design with General Motors before I ever completed my degree. And uh, and that's kind of where I got started, which which ultimately I think is probably the key for my real estate career because there's so many people at the headquarters, right, at the tech center. Mm -hmm. But I did that for a few years, and then there was a – I'll never forget the guy. Darby Shire was his name, Darby. He was like uh, in his mid-70s, had like 11, 12 kids, and – and he was there every day when I was there and I'm looking over at him and he was never like super stoked to go home. And I was <laughs> like, I mean, after a few years in, I was like, oh, man, I just don't know if I can keep doing this. You know, yeah. it's just, you see yourself at, you know, I was at 20, 21, 22, you know, at the time working there. And I'm like, I just don't know if I can do this for 50 plus. Right. Like he has been doing it. Great guy, great provider. But I was like, I just don't think that's my roadmap. So I had, uh, I bought a house really young. My parents bribed me out of a boat. I was going to, you know, be a typical 19 20 21 year old kid and have a cool boat and they bribed me out of a boat and said hey we'll help you get started in a house if you'll go that if you'll go that option and so i did and then we bought a house and sold that one and bought another one and sold that one and thought this was kind of a neat idea and so started contemplating what i was going to do i had a feeling it wasn't going to be staying in the career i was in and my aunt was very very successful uh in real estate in florida and so there's some 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 curiosity about it and that had kind of ultimately got me started uh, on that path, you know, by, by buying and selling some of my own houses and and just not seeing myself where I was currently at. So I'm a typical like career change person, and uh, and I got into got into real estate. So that yeah. was kind of my that was my entry. So that was back in '98. Nice. You know, it's interesting. A lot of people that we've interviewed on this podcast, a lot of people kind of really got plugged into real estate via purchasing it. I think I re I think my one of my episodes I think it was episode ten we did uh, Bo Benjamin like I mentioned over there he started is right out of college out of Purdue you know and out of Purdue he did that and then he started investing real estate because he thought that would be the idea for him before he even started real estate and here you go your parents thank your parents by the way because reality is like not all of us get that opportunity where our parents right. says we'll bribe you out of a boat to a house like I would be lucky if I even got a chopstick like here that was my bribe. Um, so yeah, <laughs> you, you reality is you got an opportunity, a good head start there, um, buying your real estate portfolio and really getting integrated in that in an investment side. So good for you. So how many properties did you have prior to the point you got into real estate at that point? 98, you said. So I always, I was always, you know, my, my mom and dad were, you know, 
did a lot of stuff around the house themselves, right? So, so I just kind of had that idea that that's what I would what I would do. So I remember like the first townhouse I bought, and I never bought and owned multiples, right? It was just me, kind of slowly flipping the one that I was in into another property. So, the one I purchased, every wall, get this, was like black or navy blue. And so, and the floors were terrible, right? So every, but, but the whole thing was already small. And then it was, in, in addition to that, completely dark, like black walls, navy blue walls. So that one was just simply repaint everything, put new carpet in it. And then we, you know, sold that one and got a little bit of a profit. And I mean, so, I've, so that, that's kind of been the way that I, that I did the first few houses. Um, and so it did, but the reality was it just got me familiar with the process, you know, and I realized, man, this, one of the realtors that, uh, that sold my very first, so like on my second transaction on the on the sell side of my first house the people wanted a washer and dryer i didn't want to give it up um at the time i thought that was super important right so yeah. when you're 20 years old it was important and uh so the guy tells me like the deal's dead and i'm like what the hell do you mean the deal's dead like over like over a washer and dryer so i did one of those things that if my clients did now i would hate them for it or now I wouldn't hate them for it but it would drive me crazy right because i just called the other agent and I'm like, seriously, like, how is this, you know, this, this is, this is what's going to stop it. Like, I know that the house is good. I know that the price is good. I know that you don't want to let the thing die over the washer and dryer. And she's like, no, I don't. So I'm like, well, what's going on? And she's like, well, he said that was a sticking point. You know, you weren't going to give it up. Deal was over. And I'm like, you know, so, so basically here's an agent who, by the way, was a, a broker and, uh, and, and just that quickly threw the deal into the wind. Just wow. that fast. Wow. So five minute conversation. She agreed that they wouldn't take the washer and dryer. I get to keep my washer and dryer. Deals back on. I called the guy back up and said, hey, you know, just scratch off washer and dryer and we're still good to go. So then he got super mad, super mad that I called and went around him. And, uh, and I said, well, I didn't really go around you if it was dead, right? Yeah. Like, there was nothing there. I just, you're welcome. I put it back together. Right. So, so, so there's was, the beginning of your skill set. You didn't know this yet, but as a realtor, you're dealing with those on a daily basis. So now that was your first experience. I love yeah, it. Yeah. And so that was kind of like my thing. I'm like, man, this guy's been pretty successful and he couldn't jump that little hurdle. And I'm like, I got to get in and save the world now because other people are going to have to deal with this type of mentality. And, right. and there's just an easier way to get around things. But I, but I think over the 25 years, my gosh, man. I can't even believe it's that long, yeah. but I think over the 25 years, I mean, I've, I've never really had a deal die. Like, yeah. I mean, have a bad inspection. The house is no good. What well, thought, you know, we, we, you know, we, we tell them never dissatisfied the inspection and move away. But, but just to have something like that, um, some small little piece like that, have a deal fall, make a deal fall apart to this very day. I don't think, I don't think I've ever lost a deal for something that foolish. Yeah. Um, and so I just, that to me was just a, a big deal at that point. And so that was, and, and it was, um, I mean, I guess you're not saying brands, but I mean, it was a, it was a pretty, it was a pretty significant brand. Right. So it yeah. wasn't, and, and the guy was a broker. So it wasn't like he was just some fly by night dude. So it was, mm. that was, that essentially was my entry. I kind of had the attitude of like, Oh, this guy can do it. Can anybody do can. It. Right. <laughs> That's they always say. I'm not the smartest guy in the room, but if he can do this, anybody can do it. I love it. Like if and, I can put it back together, we can do that. So Awesome. So that's that basically was it, man. I, I I got my license, went right straight to went right straight to Remax, which I you know around here that was kind of the reputation for their, you know, the top agents in the industry, and you know they they put up great numbers and they had a great reputation, and and so I was uh, I was I'm and I still am a, a Remax fan, man. They they have good agents and they have a good you know a good traditional good traditional model, and yeah, and I was there and. I got, um, you know, we earned some good stuff. You know, we had, the office that we were at was really a sniper's office. You know, if you get into those details where an average agent averages, what, 17 transactions out of Remax, and we were averaging 32, 34 out wow. of the office. So the office, yeah. was office was really high producing. Um, and I got to hit a number one, you know, the goal, I'm competitive, right? More than the money, it's where am I ranking on the leaderboard, right? So, right. So we've got the, you know, I didn't, I didn't dominate up at the top, but I was usually in the top five and top 10, you know, always in the top 10, usually in the top five and got a top slot one time. And, and, you know, for doing it for a long period of time, you just, you get to meet a lot of people and the industry as a whole is a great industry and, and the people are great and you get to help people accomplish stuff that they've dreamt about for the most part. Right. And take that stress away. I believe you can, I believe that you can have fun and I believe that you can show a house and make some jokes and, kind of relieve that pressure, you know, one joke at a time. And yeah. And as long as you're dealing with people that know what the heck they're doing and 
this the process should be pretty smooth shouldn't really have too many issues you should be able to enjoy it so it's it's just something i felt like man I, I'm, I'm equipped for this i can do this you can do it until you met murphy's law right <laughs> i always tell everybody real estate's really confined around murphy's law what could go wrong may go wrong will go wrong sometimes and that's kind of how it works it's the beautiful part of real estate though right it keeps yeah. you on your toes right you yeah. always 100%. have something more interesting there's always a more challenge around every corner um and i think that's a lot a lot of real estate or people that are kind of entrepreneurial minded really like about it because it's not like the same you let's go back a little bit and talk about your job there at that engineering department you were doing over there with uh was that what department was former was it ford was well, it with, I, was, well, I was a, i was in corbett design i was contracted in through through with gm into, into corbett GM. design so that was that was kind of cool i got to go see the corbett be built and got to take it for a test drive and we yeah. had some fun but, yeah but then the reality like you said it sunk in when you looked at all your partner there and realized that was just a regular mundane repeat over and over like kind of groundhog day right it wasn't any different and real yeah. estate kind of keeps things interesting for you. It killed awesome. me because GMB and GM, right? They always want to like redesign and modify and clean things up and, you know, make sure your, your workstations are new workstations. And so, I mean, I remember, dude, it was, it was a remodel. We got put in the basement where the program was a little bit behind. So we were doing overtime. And I think I went like a month without really seeing the sun. Holy moly. Cause you know, in Michigan, right? The free, you know, yeah. it's, you know, it's dark at four 30 in, in the winter time. You know, so you walk out at 5.30 at night, it's already dark. dark. And I was like, I don't think I saw the, the sun for like a month. And I was like, I can't do it. Like, I'm that's, just too much of an outside person. I can't. I don't know anybody that can. I mean, that's a vampire slayer right there. I mean, jeez. Yeah. yeah. So that was it. So that was, that was kind of like, that was, well, that was one of the things that motivated me, right? And so then right. we did the, we did Remax for a really long time. And one, one of the guys that I would know uh, owns the region here in Metro Detroit. And he gave me an opportunity to become, uh, I became the director of development for, for Remax and for Metro Detroit, fran you know, for Metro Detroit franchises um, on, in that regional area. And so we did like, I think 15, 16 franchises in a, in a, in a very small amount of time, 18 months, uh, less than two years for sure. And, wow. and I actually looked, I actually looked at EXP because I had, at that time I was looking at them as a competitor. Right, right. That's right? your job, so, right? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like how do I, how am I, if I'm gonna sell franchises, how am I gonna do this, you know, against this company? But you know, it's all timing, right? Mindset, the opportunity being there where it's supposed to be. Um, there was only 13 people in Michigan at the time, like a thousand in the nation. Wow. So yeah, that's definitely a, some, there's some regret. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a tough gig though. I mean, it's a tough job to be a, a franchise seller. I mean, it really is. I've known a few guys out here in this area that had sold several franchises. That was their job as a region um, for like Intero, right? Berkshire Hathaway, that kind of model. Yeah. Um, and it's not an easy gig. It's definitely... Um, let's go back. So how long, let's talk about your period first. Like when you initially got your license, you said you were around 20 ish, right? 20. Yeah. 24. I think when I got my license. Really yeah. Sorry. And then what was that span look like from you? Like producing, you said you were obviously in the top 10 always sometimes top five hit the top one slot. Um, what was that span before you took that director position for Remax? How many years of that was that span there of you actually producing real estate? What'd that look like? Yeah, so I always had pr pretty much produced real estate. Even when I did the director position, it was still kind of a, I, he still, I, I didn't want to give up my business, right? I yeah. didn't want to, I didn't want to alienate or leave my clients. I had done that once, right? In 2007, 8, and 9, um, I went to Vegas to sell high rise and then we broke it down into fractionals and we broke it down into timeshares because the economy got so bad. So we just made it smaller, smaller, smaller um, and just kept selling, yeah. thankfully. Um, and then unfortunately my father had gotten, um, ill. So we came back to Michigan in 2010 and then, you know, I'm right back to Remax, right back to the same office. Um, right. and so we had, we had ramped up all that, that, that kind of that success had happened, um, in my first, about my first 10 years, about my first 10 years. So we, we, the great part about my previous job was being at the GM tech center where there was, you know, 3000 people. I mean, you know me, dude, I'm kind of social. So yeah. So we, we, we met and talked to a lot of people. And so I made yeah. sure before I ever left that position as a final, my final day, I made sure a lot of people had my cards in their hands. <laughs> yeah, right? started handing them out, the break oh, room, everybody. Don't oh, forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love it's it. Just making a rain, just walking in the middle of the place, <laughs> just firing them off. Leaving your cards everywhere. But I mean, but that that to this very day is probably still the core of my business. We just, you know, last year we did a uh, their VP of logistics. Um, we did one of their VP of exhibitions. Um, so it's just, you know, we've, we've, we've still, you know, it's still a big, big part of my, still a big part of my business or my base, which is, I mean, which is a great base to have. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
3,000 people and employees that you've built relationships for for a long period of time, that's a database for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, um, were you an individual realtor or do you um, did you ever get into like the team environment? I I've mean, always been and still to this day an individual uh, agent. Mm -hmm. I am starting to, you know, mature yeah. in my age, right? Mature a little <laughs> bit and start to start lack thinking of about letting go of control. Yeah, put put a put a team together, um, you know, and get that and get that going or get that flow going. And um, so so we are starting to set things up and try to look at, you know, what that how that's gonna shape up over the next year or two. Yeah. And start absolutely. putting something together to do that. Well, it's really challenging. Anybody who's been in the real estate, if you're listening on this podcast and you're a realtor or in the industry, you can relate. You understand. When you start doing 20, 30 plus more units a year individually, that's like pulling your hair out. They really do. I mean, it's hard to manage that, as they say, wearing all the hats because then you're really working in so many different departments of that real estate transaction as an individual that more often than not, it's really hard to ne the next level, right? Like you see, you got a lot of guys in this business who do 30 to 45 deals, maybe 50 or pushing it on their own. Um, they really rarely have the ability to take it to the 60 to 80 to 120 on their own. It's just not yeah. really possible, right? Because I would, just I would agree. I would agree. Yeah. You, I think at 35 or 40, you've got at 30, you probably should be considering a transaction coordinator, right? Oh, for sure. I think I say transaction coordinator from day one, but that's teach his own. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't go anywhere without my TC if I was doing one or two deals, but you're right, 30 for sure. Yeah. A TC. Yeah. 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 And I didn't um, usually, it was, I usually, I always try to do it, you know, I think probably got about 25. Then I started 25 deals or 20, 25 deals. I was like, okay, now I'm, uh, you know, the, the, the attention span is, you know, it's just being dispersed oh, yeah. in too many places, right. To, 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 to really make your clients feel like they're the most important people, which they are. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah. So, so at that point, then we, you know, we, I, and I just have a train part-time transaction coordinator. I don't have a, oh, full-time. Full, okay. I don't have wow. a full timer. I mean, it, wow. there's not wow. that. Like, I don't do. I, well, again, you know, it comes down to your to your number count, right? Like, I don't do 70, 80 transactions. We're going to change some things around. It yeah. was a very big priority for me when I switched from GM over to Remax now EXP um, to not miss anything, right? Yeah. Like, I think I've coached probably safe to say at least 150 basketball teams. Wow. Um, okay you know, several dozen softball, or at least a dozen softball teams, couple, you know, a dozen football teams. Like I didn't miss for the most part, any of my kids stuff, like That's whatever. Awesome. Good for you. My oldest son played football, uh, played basketball. My next son played football. Uh, my daughter did basketball and softball <laughs> and, and, and Dougie, my youngest one did, uh, you know, for the most part, well, while he was growing up, he did everything. And then he went to the basketball and I was kind of just shied away from that. So now that, all those things are done now, in my opinion, it's a great opportunity for me to finally accelerate. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, that was, it doesn't sound like much like volunteer coaches don't get oh. enough credit. Oh, it's a lot of work. Oh, it's just, a lot of work. Yeah. You, you, you do two teams, you do two games a week or whatever for two, you know, for those that you're four, five, or two kids in there, we got four in there. We got two mm -hmm. practices. I mean, you're committed six, eight, ten hours a week, just, just for sports. And oh, like hundred percent get it. No, nope. this, it kills me. But at, at the same time, now I don't have that commitment. Right. So now it's like, Hey, that's, that's it's like a, a slot opening up in your calendar. Right. Yeah. All of a sudden it's like, you know, it's interesting that you say that. I just want to add a little bit. So my son, my son too, now, obviously, you know, he went through baseball pretty much. Uh, he started T-ball and uh, went all the way into his uh, sophomore year in high school, played ball. And then he's like, ah, all of a sudden I don't want to play baseball anymore. Dad, I'm done. Like, you know, as a junior, I'm done. I don't want to play anymore. I'm like, okay. I mean, graciously in my mind, I was like, oh, oh thank you, God. Because it was a lot of work. <laughs> I mean, picking them up, dropping them off, taking them to practice, right? It only got easier in high school because after high school class, he'd go practice with the team so he yeah. could walk right after high school. But when he was in younger juniors, it was like picking them up, drop. So, yeah, there's a lot of work in that. But now it's interesting that my son's even gone now in college. I still actually, funny, I have my calendar, my son's. I used to have him every weekend because it was I had a split time with his, his mom, you know, and so okay. I had my son 50-50 custody with his mom. So it's like I still actually have that in there. It's interesting. Like I have my son's name in his weekend. That's my weekend. It's like I can't have the heart to get rid of it. I feel like right. I've had that forever, and it will be there in my calendar forever. But it's that pops up like, oh god, I remember that. It's interesting you say that. So you, it's like this time slot opens up where you've been a, a and a coach even more. I just dropped my son off and let the coach handle it, but you right. are like taking on all these kids, like babysitting. Good Lord, that's time yeah. consuming. 
Yeah, I mean, from the ground up, right? Like we would do, you know, and, and of course, they always went great. Like I always went along with my kids' ages, right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, I've done some teams without my kids being on it, but not very many. It's, it was right. usually centered around making sure I was there with with the kids and, you know, with for my kids. And Yeah. Um, but it does kind of, you know, I'm kind of missing it, you know, because yeah. he's, you know, he's a junior right now. So I'm like, dang, man, it'd be cool to go to some, you know, some high school basketball games. Like, let's do this, you know, so. So every once in a while we'll, we'll sneak out there and do some, do some stuff. But primarily now I'm just trying to reorganize my business. You know I mean? For me, yeah. it was, my business has always come off of that, that base. That base has always been my sphere of influence, my past clients. Mm-hmm. Um, that has just always been my thing. And so I've always just kind of taken it, you know, as it's, as it's come and graciously, you know, I, I've always been blessed in a, in a way that I, that it's pretty much can't, it's been pretty fruitful. Like just that, just my base itself does, you know, does an amazing job. Not that it's her job, but it doesn't yeah. produces an amazing amount just off that a business. Itself. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, so let's talk. Right. Let's talk a little bit about challenges. Obviously, everybody has them in real estate. I don't know anybody that's ever immune to that. I mean, there's challenges around every corner that we even talked about. Right, just in the beginning, you were speaking about challenge, and you weren't even in real estate yet. You were handling the transaction, your own personal challenge. Uh, but now that you've been in a real estate world for 10 years, you did this prior. Well, let's talk about the real estate transactional business first before we get into the director operations part for Franchise Remax. What are some of the challenges that you have for, um, and maybe some of the obstacles you had encountered and some of the things you did to overcome them in your business in that time frame of transactionally doing real estate at Remax? Yeah, I mean, that's this will be the boring part of my conversation, right? Like I always get to hear all these crazy horror stories. We all hear them, right? You've heard that you, 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 I know you've heard them, you know, sitting in an, in a, in a, people getting coffees in the cafeteria or whatever. And everyone comes in with that, all that negativity with all this deal going bad and blah, blah, blah. Yep. Um, but I've really been, I've really been lucky. Like I, like a lot of my, a lot of my deals have been, um, a lot of my deals have been um, pretty smooth, just process wise, just not a whole lot of, just not a whole lot of issues. Um, so I, I, so I almost feel, I almost feel bad when people ask me that question because I'm like, eh. I mean, yes, I think the reality is if you if you take care of problems as they arise, mm-hmm. right? Don't stick your head in the sand. Don't just, you know, oh man, I hope that goes away. <laughs> like, yeah. As long as you don't have that attitude, which which unfortunately I think a lot of I think a lot of agents do. Yeah. Know, I think a lot of agents hope that it just goes away so they don't have to they don't have to breach the subject, right? Um, and, and I just think that if you take the opposite approach to that, and as soon as something comes up, you say, Hey, here's where an issue might be, or, or what, what, what might happen. Here's how I think we can, we can get around it or how we can fix it, or how we can solve it, how we can make sure it doesn't blow up in our face. And if you take that attitude right off the rip, um, without really wasting any time, I just don't, I, I think a lot of those challenges or a lot of those obstacles that happen in the transaction don't happen. Gotcha. Like, I think it's super, super, super important just to make sure everything's taken care of as soon as it arises don't anything anything you just let go just grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and eventually it's going to blow up on you um so i I think that on a transactional basis would be would be the key um and then for you know business i mean i think the big other big problem is is agents like myself who you know you'll get to a certain time or a certain period and go oh well that's just the time or that's just the season that's just the blah 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 fill in whatever excuse there is right right I think all of us can kind of fall into that rut, and um, and the reality is that's the thing that we have to try to that we have to try to avoid, like like the blazes, right? Is is to make sure that that isn't to make sure that that isn't what's going to be happening, right? Like just don't believe whatever it is, whatever that false notion is that you're thinking about, it's not real. Right. <laughs> Everybody's still doing transactions. Everybody's still doing stuff. You need to you need to make sure that you're you know getting your things hammered out. Make sure everybody's still buying houses. Make sure you take care of your people. Just don't fall into that that misconception that it's, you know, it's not your time, it's not your season, it's not their, this, or nobody's buying houses right now. Or just get rid of that whole, get rid of that whole mentality, right? right. Just, just yeah. avoid that completely, and then you can hopefully avoid that that challenge. That challenge, yeah, and it can it'll rise probably uh, multiple times, right? Not just once throughout your career. Oh. Um, so transactionally, they're not many really challenges, which is a blessing for you. I'd say that, you know, majority of people have a lot of them transactionally, but thank God you didn't. Um, what about like other in the actual in your business kind of stuff? Um, time management, obviously, might have been a, a challenge for you between coaching and your kids, doing your real estate business, probably time management, getting in the amount of business in time you need to do in your business, right? Versus working on your business. Um, what were some of the things you challenged with that? And, and what had you like, 
work around that to be still maintain that level of success in your business, right? What did you do um, for that? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a, that's a, it's an interesting lead in on that. Uh, so I knew why, I, I knew one of the reasons, one of my big motivators of why I switched from GM to real estate was, was to be able to have that time and that flexibility. Um, and so I knew that was going to be one, I knew, I knew that was one of the keys, but I really didn't know how people were going to react um, to you having a personal life or a social life. Like I always believed like, Hey, you know, everybody wants us to be available 24 um, seven and you just can't be right. So, so a lot of agents run to wherever they need to be, whenever they need to be there and they won't, they won't set any time aside. Um, and so I just was from day one, I just always put, you know, if it was, if it was Max's basketball practice or if it was Alex's football practice or whatever it was, it went right into my calendar. Like it's an appointment. Right. And so when somebody wanted to do something at that time, I'd just be like, no, I'm sorry, I've already got an appointment. And so mm-hmm. I, everything was an appointment. I play hockey, I, you know, I don't play hockey now, um, but I played, you know, played a pretty good amount of hockey and played a lot of basketball. I just kind of, I just stopped with basketball. I just had knee surgery, so, as you know, but yeah. um, hopefully I can pick that back up. But I put that stuff in there that's important to me. I put that in my calendar um, and I'm, you know, unabashedly not apologetic about it. Like it's, that's an appointment. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because like one night I got done playing hockey and I played hockey on a Sunday night league at 10 o'clock at night. <laughs> like wow. I'm not missing a, there's really no real estate deals going on at that point in time. Right. I'm not, the guy's not going to get messed over because I'm playing hockey. He's not going to miss out on a house because I'm playing hockey. But I bump into a guy after hockey, get, I'm getting milk, literally take home, right? So the kids yeah. can have school the next morning. And the guy's like, sees me getting milk. I bump into him coincidentally in the grocery store and he's like, oh. He's like, uh, I see you're at the grocery store. I'm like, yeah. And he goes, but you couldn't answer my message earlier. Oh, I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> He's like, well, yeah. I'm like, I'm, I was playing hockey at 10 o'clock on a Sunday. I didn't know that was a problem. Well, you know, well, I mean, it would have been nice just to, to respond. I'm like, no worries. I'll respond tomorrow. I'll let that listing come right on back to you. You can have it back. Right. He's like, what, what, what? And I'm like, no. I'm like, that's not going to work that way. He's like, well, you said you had an appointment. I'm like, well, I did. You know, so yeah. it, was, it was funny. So, but I know people that they kind of had that same thing happen. And then all of a sudden they're like really apologetic about it or they're, mm-hmm. well, I can't do that anymore. Oh, no more, no more of this appointment or no more basketball, no more personal time, no more. Mm-hmm. So those, you know, that's not good either. Right. You're just yeah. going to get, you're going to burn out. Like you have to have those things in place. And so for me, time and scheduling and, you know, I'm a terrible scheduler. I mean, I am, yeah. I, you know, I'll schedule my hours of, you know, I'm going to make a phone call and I'll do this and I'll do that. And I'll break things out and I'll blow right through it for goofy reasons. Or, well, I had a conversation with Chris. So that's my, that's, that's the hour of me doing certain, you know, of doing acts of doing calls or doing, you know, whatever this might be. So I'm bad on that time blocking period that way. But as far as, you know, overall scheduling appointments and activities and all that other stuff, I've always been, Pretty good with that, thankfully. <laughs> so. That's awesome. Well, I mean, I think it's good to have a healthy balance. Again, I think as you get into the real estate business, initially in the very beginning, a lot of realtors are very ambitious and they're just starting off, right? And the reality is like, it's I need to take whatever I can get. And you really ultimately become kind of a slave to that because it's right your money, you're what pays your bills. It keeps yeah. the lights on, food on the table. So ultimately you do make that a priority. And But as you get into the business longer and you become more seasoned and you develop your business, I think, at a deeper level, the idea behind it is that ultimately you can figure out time management, right, and figure out a way to run your business. So I think that's a conversation that kind of goes back and forth. If you put a group of people in one room, probably 50-50 split, you'd have people that would be like, no, I got to cut it off, and I'm all pro client, and I just I live for that and die and breathe that. Cool. And that works in their business, right? Um, right. We all know that on the other end, something's being sacrificed, right? Like their oh, family, sure. their health. Um, but then you get other people too that are like, you know, I do like yourself. I want to balance my life out. I have a family. People should understand that, respect that I have a family and a personal life. I do real estate, but I have also a balanced life. And that's important to me. It's important to you. Um, right. And people respect you or they don't. And it's interesting, a lot of nine, nine times out of 10, the conversations I've ever had with some of the clients when I've done what you've done too, like, hey, actually, I had to go take my son and pick him up from school. I had to go take him or this happened or that happened. They ultimately kind of respect that, right? Oh, okay. I get it. You're human. Get a yeah. life, right? Versus, oh my God, I can't believe you didn't, you know. So, but we're going to get those people that are a little bit ambiguous and kind of crazy too. So, whatever. It's the run of the mill. 
Um, yeah, it, there, there, it does happen here. 100%. It does. Yeah, but, but whatever. I think it's just about you figure out your niche. You figure out what works for you in your business and in your lifestyle. And you create that around that and you built it. And obviously it's worked for you for all of your almost going on three decades now. I mean, you can almost carry on 30 years or another five years. So, oh. and it's worked for you. Um, let's jump in a little bit now and add the real estate stuff and talk about you jump into a role now, which pretty much is now helping build franchises and grow the franchise model out there in your Michigan, greater Michigan area. Um, and so how, how that look, how that transition to that and actually done at all of anything for your real estate career. I mean, has it helped develop it or is it in some ways maybe downplayed it a bit up to this point? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, that was kind of interesting. So it's, it's not, it, it, there's a gentleman that owned the region that I've just known throughout the years. And, um, and I was just talking about, well, you know, I've kind of had the, my system, you know, I was kind of, I guess, complacent. Uh -huh. I guess complacent would be the term. And, and so he was like, Hey, would, would you ever be interested in trying to help me, you know, bring more franchises online? And, uh, you know, of course, what would that look like? You have the conversation, you, you know, what's the compensation, what's the time requirement, all, all that good stuff. Um, but I mean, in, in all in all, I mean, it ended up being a really cool opportunity. Um, I got to go to Colorado and meet Dave and Gail Linegar, the creators and, wow. and the, the, you know, the brainchilds yeah. behind, behind Remax. Um, you know, got to spend time with them at their personal house. I mean, it was, I mean, all in all, it was just, it was a positive experience all the way around. Yeah. Um, and, and we did a pretty good, you know, we did a pretty good amount of business. Like we sold quite a few, ended up being like um, the region of the year. And, um, you know, I think we did, like I say, I think it was 16 and 18 months, you know, I mean, over, it was a re realistically probably over a two year time, time, time plan. Um, but it also helped me, you know, talk to a lot of agents, understand, you know, what it was that they liked, what it was that they didn't like, you know, what, what would draw them away from a broker potentially, um, what the brokers were doing or weren't doing, you know, right. Yeah. Some, some brokers are doing things that would push you out. Some people aren't doing right. anything. Right. Right. That makes you totally. So it was neat to see all that stuff. Plus see all the offices go up and, and be designed and decorated. And I'd seen a lot, you know, my first few months getting ready for the position. Um, and so we were able to offer that insight and I kind of like that chaotic, you know, walls are going in and, floor plans are being put up and so i kind of always i kind of helped you know with several of those as well and um and just did a you know just did a pretty good did a pretty good job at it and, and moved along pretty well and to a point where you know the regional owner was like all right man we don't i don't know if we need any more you know because as you put them in everybody gets mad uh yeah. oh you put one near me or you put one near this area you put one near that that area and there was always reasons why you put things in certain areas and and why things were named you know as they were and yeah. And so it was a, it was a cool learning experience that gave me a lot of insight on, you know, on the business from an angle that I would have never have had. Um, and, and to see what, you know, what, what the big corporations are thinking, you know, what the regions are thinking, what, you know, uh, the, you know, that, that mindset behind why and where uh, was yeah. kind of interesting to, to learn. So it was kind of a, it was a cool experience and it wasn't really long. It was just, we did it for a couple of years and, and then, um, and then I got out of that and then I got out of that into a, into a part ownership, uh, of, of, you know, a group that had some Remax franchises and, and, um, not all, you know, I got along with a lot of personalities really, really well. And, and one individual didn't like that. I got along with everybody really, really well. And so, so we politics, right? Always <laughs> politics. Yeah. yeah. So we kind of dissolved that, went back to another agent and then, you know, and then looked at, you know, the, the good old EXP opportunity for the, for the second, yeah, for the second real time, you know, the first time yeah. again was looking at it as whether we could compete or whether it was going to hinder my ability to sell a franchise. Mm -hmm. um, like I said earlier, like, dang, I wish I would have looked at it as an agent looking at an right. opportunity. Yeah, like, yeah, totally. Shoot. Hey, time means everything, right? And this time was it. Everything. But the reality is, I think this was designed. So I'm saying, in all, um, you kind of this experience you had as that person in that role of bringing our franchise, like you said, I think you had a chance to integrate yourself with other agents, kind of understand the level of where they're at, understand some of the pains and thresholds, the ebbs and flows and challenges with the realtors and the broker relationship kind of thing. So I think maybe it was preparing you um, for where you're at today. I mean, we'll get in that in a minute, but I think it's preparing you for where we are today. Um, so let's go back real quick for moving on that one and just I always like to do kind of a call to action to every one of our podcasts for the listeners out there. Obviously, we've across the country. I mean, probably globally, we've seen real estate within the last probably eight to nine months really take a curveball. 
And we see it kind of now shift into where it's at. You guys probably are no different out there in the Michigan area as it is everywhere else. Yeah. So what do you have maybe as, I mean, again, being 25 years of the business, um, you've seen it come and go. You've been through the 2007 and eight little debacle. You kind of see how that happens, right? And um, kind of one thing that maybe you can kind of give the audience out there that are listening, uh, maybe like one little digestible nugget, something that they can maybe take away. One thing that maybe that you used that was very pivotal for you um, in a challenge, like you said, that maybe in 07, 08, when you knew it was a downturn, you had to kind of redirect yourself. So maybe you can share with some of the, the audience that um, just kind of a call to action. What's one thing they could do maybe tomorrow that's very easy and digestible that they can implement that could change the trajectory of their business? Maybe, you know? Yeah, I mean, for me, that 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 due north or that reason why is always it's been very, very constant. Um, and it's not fancy and it's not some big, crazy, cool formula that's going to solve, the, you know, solve all the problems, but it's something that always rings in the back of my head. So I had my mom's sister, um, Aunt Thelma, good old Aunt Thelma. So she was in Hialeah, Florida, and she was literally a groundbreaker, especially for women. Uh, she was the first female president of a chamber of commerce uh, in the U.S., I believe. I mean, of course, stories over 40 years or 30 years get exaggerated, right? But mm -hmm. from my understanding, first female president of Chamber of Commerce, first female president of a board of realtors, uh, first female realtor to do, I believe, a million dollars in a year for commission. Um, and, and she was in that Miami area when the high rises were going up and condos were going up and she had great connections and she, she was just very, very, very successful. Um, and so when I got into the business, it was kind of a proud moment for her. And she pretty much had said, you know, Douglas, don't worry about making the money. Don't worry about all of these little small, you know, things that you can get, you know, sidetracked or, or, or you know, squirrel moments, right? She's like, you only need to worry about one thing. You just take care of your clients and everything else will take care of itself. That's it. Just take care of your clients, no matter what it is, no matter what you have to do, make sure they're always happy, make sure they're always satisfied, make sure they're always impressed, make sure they always feel like you got, you're looking out for them and everything else will follow, the success will follow. And that's really, I mean, it's stupid simple. Yeah. That's really it. I mean, that's that worked for her and her groundbreaking, right? For, for doing things that a lot of women at that time weren't doing. Um, and that's just been my secret, you know, and that's, and I think that's why my sphere of influence is so incredibly important to me. Um, but I also think that's why I get a lot of the referrals. I mean, I pretty much, I'll run lead gen stuff, but never really use it, never really implement it. It's just, you know, I've almost learned it's a, it's a waste of money at this point, right? Just, just take care of my folks and, and yeah. do things that I like to do. I mean, I, people are cool. My clients are cool people. So I just have conversations with them. I just, you know, how, you know, before the end of the year, we're going to be like, Hey, how's your holidays? Do you have any plans? What's going on? What are you going to do? You know, and, and just, just genuine interest. And, yeah. and, and then that just takes care of itself. It's again, like I, like, it's probably a waste of a podcast because I'm giving you like nothing that's like, that's incredibly no. insightful, right? It's all, all just, it's, <laughs> it's, <laughs> you know, ideally though, this is kind of where I'd like to really maybe set the tone on that point then and realize that as many people out there that are really trying to complicate this, you know, they're taking basic math and turn into trigonometry and then they get so discombobulated and overwhelmed and just like, ah, right? You're right. Like your, your aunt was like, keep it simple, silly, right? Keep it simple, silly. It really is simple. There's no magic potion to this business. It's relationships. Real estate is 1000% real estate relationship based. So if you can't establish that root system, and that's an amazing one. And I'd say countless of people's stories in the real estate world can attest to that relationship business, referral business, right? Yeah. So yeah, that's a great one. I love it. No, no. It's simple, but it works and it works for you. And anybody out there is listening to this podcast and you want to think that like, there's some major like trajectory of, I get the azimuth of this and turn this upside down and get all analytical and like really work this thing out to some equation. No, it's just get back to basics, everybody. And let's get yeah. back to being the belly to belly relationships and connect on the personal. You know, the, the difference is though, Chris, like some people, like you say that, like if you're driven by the money, then you're not going to be genuine. And if you're not going to be genuine, you're not going to build the relationship. Yeah. And people, I mean, so you're going to get some transactions, right? You're going to get some robots that are, just, you know, that are just going to, you know, go forward with you. But most people sniff that out, you know, that, that commission breath or, 
you know, you just want to do a process and you don't have a general interest. Well, I mean, some that will work if you're dealing with investors that don't give a crap about the house, the stuff that happens on the inside of the house either. They just care about the house itself, right? Like right. that might be a great match. But if you, but if you're helping clients that are buying, you know, again, many times their dream or they're building to their dream house, you know, and so you need to make sure that this thing's going to be the piece that's going to get them where they want to go, or it's going to be the home that they've always wanted. I mean, that's a, that's a genuine interest thing. I mean, there's no doubt that I've had people say, Hey, I want to write on this. And I'm like, no, you don't. <laughs> like, yeah. Keeping it real. Absolutely. We can do better. I promise. You yeah. Know? And there's been times where it's been a month or two later and they're like, Oh, Doug, you, you talked me out of that. Yeah. You know, and then all of a sudden, thank God, it you know, it reveals itself and then right. we get them the house that they want. And I'm like, phew. <laughs> like, oh, thank God. That would invite me in the butt. I love it. No, I yeah, love it. Man. Relationships are everything. And I, I like that. Keep it simple and just yeah. really focus on that. Uh, awesome. So obviously, I always bring this into it, too, because, yes, I am with EXP and I'm excited. I like to jump off the mountains tell everybody I'm with EXP, you know, six years now. And I've had more amazing opportunities and actually more fun than I've ever had in the two decades I've been in this business. Here at EXP in the last six um, more impact than anybody I've ever had in any real estate model either. So how long, again, you've been with us here at EXP with our Team Freedom Group, Doug? So I think I'm hitting, uh, I switched over in June of 19. So three years, one, two, two and a half years. Two and a half years, almost coming up on three this next year. Okay, I love it. So let's talk about that. I always want to integrate a piece of this because now you're obviously part of EXP too. We're super excited and humbled to have you part of our team, uh, right. Team Freedom. Um, you're a great addition to our Michigan area. Again, you, Mike Blake, all you guys out there, rock stars. Love you guys. Love your energy. And I love what you guys bring to the table. Um, this is what we have. We have a collective community of amazing, talented people that come together and are like-minded that want to help in one big fire. So let's talk about your experience now, two and a half years going into EXP. Where have you seen the big change for you? Or maybe you haven't at all. I mean, just keeping it real. Um Tell us about your experience now and what, what it's done to your business and your, yourself personally. Well, I mean, it's been, I don't want to exaggerate, right? So when you say something's life-changing, everybody goes, oh, it's just a cool phrase or, or it's, you know, that's just, that's just what people say. But I mean, like, I don't, I don't throw that out there very often and I don't throw it out light, you know, lightly, but I mean, honestly, that's the way I feel. Like, I feel like it's, you know, it quite frankly, is life-changing. There's, you know, COVID hit, right? And so for me, you know, did I have all my money in the right spot? Did I have the right amount of money saved up? Did I have this? Did I have that? You know, no, I wasn't exactly where I wanted to be, but there was stock. There was already some stock that I had acquired and and that was able to help me through a time where I was like a little iffy on whether, you know, do I have enough money in the bank? I'm not sure, but you know what? I can do this and then this will, you know, end result will we'll pack that in there. And so now I feel good about taking care of my family. Mm -hmm. through these you know through that trying time so um i didn't have that right i didn't have that i could go out and buy stock of course of course mm -hmm. but not not where you're getting it as an award or where right. you're getting extra or right. you're getting a discount or so there's um everybody's gonna have a different reason for why they make a move and why they make a change um but i mean without a doubt in my opinion for making the move it, it has been quite life-changing it's 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 given me an opportunity to think different it's giving me an opportunity to plan differently um i actually have a belief that you know what i will be able to freaking retire i won't sell real estate till i'm 70 or 75 or whatever it is i'll mm -hmm. you know yeah i actually I, so i actually have a belief that this this can now happen um and it's not because i didn't make enough money right like we probably all make enough money but the question is is you know are we like the government where we outspend our earnings <laughs> you know yeah. that's 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 Most the question yeah <laughs> Most of us do. <laughs> so it's like, for me, you know, that's, that's what I had always done, you know? And so the reality is, is now you have all these other things that come along with, you can still do the same exact job, right? We can trade time for the hope of a commission check. I mean, you can still, if you're going to re reduce it to just raw form, you, you can do that at EXP also, mm -hmm. but it was that added benefit of stock awards or becoming an investor in the company or a part owner in the company or fractional owner in the company your ability to, you know, to grow an organization. If you love where you're at, you always tell people about it. And when you tell people about it, they come on up, you know, they, they, they interview and they move to the brokerage that you're at. Yeah. But you didn't get compensation for that. You know, and now you get the compensation for that and significant comp compensation for that, which is amazing. 
You know, if you if you want to brush up on something, you don't get taught a class. You know, you get you have that you have live classes, but it's not being taught by a person that couldn't sell that teaches well. It's being taught by a person that can sell at an amazing level, a level not seen by very many, yep. and they're the ones that's teaching the class. So there's always something that you can learn, and that's there for you whenever the heck you want. And your discounted healthcare, you know the health. You know I've already heard a million healthcare stories, including yours. I mean. Yeah. It's an it's an amazing thing that most a lot of realtors don't have health insurance first of all, and when they do, you can look at getting the health insurance through the EXP program and have massive reductions in monthlies and deductibles. And you know some people are making moves just because of that. I mean that's another just it's just another thing, right? And everybody knows about the Zillow, Zillow um, cash buyer i buyer program that didn't work out really well. Yet we have that pro. We have a program that's working out really well. You know, it's done differently, and it's another tool in your bag. And it's like I always sum it up as: you can you can trade time for money, or you can trade time for money, stock, revenue share, healthcare, training, iBuyer program. Like if you're going to be there giving you that, giving the hours anyway, why not get five additional things for your for your time instead yeah. of just one thing for your time? So I'm a huge I'm a huge fan. I mean, obviously, right? So yeah, and it's really. <laughs> Again, go back to franchise sales, right? I'm like, oh damn it! Why, Why did I do it? Did I not freaking do it then, right? I'm like, come yeah. on. Yeah, everybody that I've ever I've ever talked to that is now EXP. One of them, I mean, unanimously across the board is always that. God, I wish oh. I would have done it sooner, right? But oh, here's right. the here's the kicker, and the model that people typically want to look at us as like, oh, here's a time threshold. You big see that. Now you, you should have gotten in the very beginning, like at infancy stage, right? Or, or, you know, and that's not really even true here at EXP because now we've creeping at what 86,000 agents. I mean, yep. the goal is to be at million agents, which they we, we're going to be there. So, yep. I mean, you, you are still way low on ground level, especially if all the intricate parts that really kind of create the stock ownership pieces, right? As far as raising yep. it and lowering the value of the stock. We are so many variables to that. And then Glenn Sanford, that brilliant man, is always innovating new ways Love that we're adding to that pie, right? So, I mean, if, if you want to think that EXP World Stock is only based off of EXP Realty, then you really need to dig deeper because you're right. We are a conglomerate of massive tech company. I mean, we are a massive tech company that sure. is really on a competitive edge, right, to most tech companies out there in a yeah. real estate platform. Well, if, if I remember reading correctly during COVID, I believe, and, and, and maybe we have to fact check this, right? But I believe that we sold or signed a contract with the Navy so they could use the EXP world to, to do some classes and do some trainings. I mean, yeah, they did. I don't know anybody else that's got that diversification where you can be like, hey, oh, by the way, do you want to come on, come on, come on, Air Force, come on, Navy, come on, military, yeah. like, look, we, totally. we got you. Like, mm -hmm. there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot of things that come along that come along with it um that i just think is super super impressive and like you say the growth is going to be there people can be like oh well you know now they're at 86 well they won't go any higher well i think people said that at 70 and said that at 50 said at 35 <laughs> yeah totally once agents again timing being timing being right um once agents have that mindset or have that it's the right time in their in their in their lives or have their minds open or their eyes open or are ready to hear it however you want to say it right but once you look at it and you look at it with an open mind and you actually digest what's being offered to you, I think that's when, I think that's when most people with, with an inkling of business savvy is they're going to make the switch. Yeah. Like, and, and it's just as stupid as it sounds. Again, let me, let me just dumb it down again. Like I've done this whole damn time. I think, you know, <laughs> it just comes down to, you know, what do you want for your time? What do you want for yeah. your money? Like it's, yeah. it's none of it's rocket science. Right. But if I, yeah. if you can trade time for money or trade time for money in stock and revenue share and healthcare and da, 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 like, why would you take just one when you can have six? Totally. I like I like what Jay Kinder said yesterday. Like, just a simple question: What are you looking to do with your business? Like, what do you what do you really want to do with your business? That's a simple question. If you ask any realtor, so sure. what do you what do you want to do with your business? They're all going to say, "Well, I want to go close more deals, right? I want to make more, you know." Because the reality is, in their mind, the perception of income relates directly to the amount of deals they close. Yeah. So, for them to raise and get a raise in income. I must go out and sell more units or change my price points and go to a higher price point where I do less deals, but I get more GCI, which right. is great too. But you're still having to do the struggle bus. You're still having to go out and get the deals. That does not stop. Whether yeah. you're doing you know, 10 
$2 million deals or 80 $300,000 deals. It's all the same in the game. Or, or your other piece, and I'm, you know, we could go on about this stuff all day long, yeah. right? But the other piece is what I'd already done, right? Like I'd already had, you know, I'd already been in Michigan with a license and, and with, 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 you know, with Remax. And then I went to Las Vegas with Remax. I'm paying, you know, 18,000 in one state, 16,000 in another state. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there's a whole nother factor for people that are multi-licensed or have a multi-licensed team or multi-state team. I mean, and it's funny because people go, oh, well, how many people do that? Well, you know how many borders, you know how many border states there are where the age is required to have two? And usually that's one brokerage, so it solves that problem. But there's sometimes where it's not. And all of a sudden you have to have a license at two places. You're paying, you know, you're paying, you know, your obligations at two different places. And then you have EXP, like my, like for, go, let's go back to good old Aunt Thelma, right? So she was in Hialeah, Florida. Super mm -hmm. cool because my son, probably a really proud dad moment, right? And, and you, you talk to Max. So now my son is, you know, an agent in Florida, in, the, in that Dustin, yeah. Florida, Panama City area. Um, and I'm getting my license. I, I've, I've slow played it. I haven't been most the most motivated, but I'll have my license down there in Florida, you know, eventually, hopefully, hopefully before the, the, the middle, I'd say, I'm going to say the middle of next year. That's the goal. Yeah. At least I have it done before then. Nice. Um, but I can go, you know, you'll be able to sell in the two different locations, one you know, one, one rent, one cap, one, yeah. one, you know, uh, obligation to the broker, which is another amazing freaking opportunity. Yeah. Right. And so that'd be three generations of my family in Florida, which would be kind of cool. That's awesome. Well, yeah. Most people don't realize about that in a franchise model. Typically you're going to do multiple States. They're independent franchises. Everybody independently owned. So the reality is you're going to pay a cap in every different franchise. If you want to do an expansion team or expansion growth. Yeah. You're going to be, it's expensive. It's not as economical as they may seem. It's not scalable. It's absolutely not scalable financially. It doesn't oh, make any sure. sense. So yeah, it's expensive. I mean, it's crazy. The, the couple of years that we had done it, I mean, that, that's a pretty good chunk of cash you're throwing in there. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, I appreciate it. Doug, it's been amazing. Again, another showcase of our amazing talent. Yes, it was talent. Thank you for sharing that. Um, I know you kept trying to throw in there, oh, I didn't give much value. Absolutely. This is an amazing story. Hearing your story of your, you know, two, almost three decades in this business, you know, from being an individual realtor to running franchise systems, you know, and now joining us here at EXP, which is even more excited. Um, we're glad to have you aboard our team. We really are. I love you. I mean, love definitely going to get a chance to get to Michigan and see you and Mike Blake. Um, Can't wait, dude. Yeah, great. absolutely. And so, but again, hopefully everybody really enjoyed this podcast. It was some value to you. Definitely, um, we're on every week. So we look forward to hearing episode number 14 coming on next week. So we're excited again. Thank you again, Doug. Appreciate your time. Yeah, Thanks for having me. I appreciate Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I'll see you here soon. Thanks a Sounds lot. Sounds good. All Bye, right. guys.